That's fair. <sighs> no better way to start off a podcast than the cold, delicious taste of Dr. Pepper 23 flavor. I hope you were recording that because I wasn't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm good to go. Welcome back to Dad's Meat World, your weekly dive into that classic show known as Boy Meets World. I am one of the two dads here that brings the fun, brings the energy, and also the what 90s? I am Tyler, and joining me is... Dad numero dos. I am Brett, along for the what 90s ride, apparently. Yeah, I I'll just say like I actually re- was rewatching this right before uh, we started recording, and I was kind of said that I'm like, what was the '90s? You know, like just the things in this episode really makes me question what I know about this decade. So I'm, I'm curious to see what happens once we get into discussion, Brett. But uh, how the heck are you? What's new? Football team still doing good. Band all good. Well, honestly, I didn't make it out to the last football game, so I'm not sure what their record is. I think they are still on the losing side, but the band's doing pretty well. They got in their second of three band shows. Those have both gone well. Uh, Yeah, fall is in full swing here in Ohio. We're about to put up our Halloween decorations. So there's some nice evergreen content for the podcast as you're listening to this episode in January. All of you new <laughs> subscribers. So yeah, things are going fun here. Abby is getting ready for the uh, fall play. As we're recording here, we're probably about a month out from the official first curtain. Uh, almost, almost to the weekend. We're oh, about five full weeks out from the first curtain rising. So they're they're moving along pretty swiftly. How are you doing, Tyler? Nice. I'm doing okay. Uh, three jobs might be kicking up, <laughs> catching up to me. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a bit much, yeah. Yeah. So, well, Sarah and I keep like every now and then, we'll, like we'll have like three minutes, and we'll be like, "Hey, before I leave your face, you have to know this information. This is super <laughs> important for you to know." Um. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it's actually before we hopped on, we had one of those moments and I was like, okay, I know we need to hop on, but if I <laughs> hop on <laughs> with the information in hand and I don't talk about this, at least for a few more minutes with Sarah, I am going to be a different person. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Brett, I think... Um, we need to discuss something. We don't often take a hot topic of today, but I believe there's a story that is so big right now that you and I both have no choice but to to put our two senses in it because we the world needs to hear from two dads on how we feel about what's going on right now. All right, hit me with the topic. <laughs> you know what the topic is, Brett? Just say it. <laughs> I'm going to let you say it. <laughs> so, uh, what's the deal with Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift? <laughs> uh, 
Um, I'm already kind of tired of it. <laughs> I uh, uh the yeah. amount of like twit Twitter things or X things, whatever you call them, TikToks that have been made about mm. it. Uh, I mean, ESPN has gone nonstop crazy talking about this thing, and. You know, Taylor Swift could have let this die down by not showing up to a game, but she showed up to a game. Oh, so whether yeah. whether they are dating or not dating, it doesn't matter because in the public eye, they're a thing now. Well, you know, they're they're honestly good looking people. They're dating. They left side by side after the game. Travis rented out an entire restaurant for the team and her. They were driving together in his drop top convertible on the way they're dating i mean come on he looked up towards the camera crew had a camera trained on his suite where she was sitting beside his mom the entire time i mean come on yeah but yeah i'm honestly (laughs) i watched like half of that game and i'm just i have i have nothing against taylor swift i mean (laughs) Her music's not in my playlist because I just, it's not for me. It's not written for me. I'm not her target audience. I have nothing against it. It's just not mine. It's not my music, but I have nothing against her. I just, I'm just, I'm over it. <laughs> I will tell you this. Uh, I have, uh, I've been in the same fantasy football league for, we're in our 22nd year. Good looking people. And uh, we have uh, one of our guys, he's uh, retiring from the Navy this year, and he likes to have fun with his names. And this year he's changing pretty much week to week. And his name a couple weeks ago, just before this news broke, he changed it from this name. He started the season with Swifties, parenthetically, Satan's Army. (laughs) And... The day after he changed it, this news broke that Taylor Kelsey and Taylor Swift were hanging out together. Oh, did you hear that uh, slip you had there? I did not. You said Taylor Kelsey. Oh, apparently it's already done in my head that they're married, so... (laughs) I mean, There's no way she changes her name. Listen, I... There are certain songs of hers I like. If we had the money to do so, I would have let my wife go to her show. I maybe have gone with her. I don't know. We just couldn't afford it, so it wasn't a thought. But, you know, I've never had a problem with her. I literally, since I was in middle school, high school, she, her music has always been playing, you know. Um, so she's always been part of the zeitgeist for my generation. Um because she's one of us. <laughs> so I don't have a problem with her. And I do like some of her stuff. But I've always noticed in the pantheon of people that she has dated or people have stated they've dated her or just had little flings, you know, they're always these artistic you know, either in the music world or in the uh, acting world. And I'm just going to say it. 
maybe those are not the type of guys for her of these yeah. like super intense you know like because if you think about like the lifestyle of like an actor especially like a movie actor they go to a place their new life new family is there and then that is done they go to a new place their whole life is there they go to a new place their whole life is there like Tom Holland and one of her ex-boyfriends became like best friends for like a year because of Spider-Man. After that year is done, are those two hanging out all the time now? No, because they don't work together anymore. You know, she could need somebody who is consistently with the same people all year round and has commitments and, you know, is going to retire maybe within the next four-ish years and then... You know, at that point, what is he going to do? Like, at this point, he's more, he's an entertaining person, so he could work for a network or just live off of his earnings and be a podcaster for the rest of his life. Like, that guy, after he retires, won't have to do anything. He has the most, the, the, in the sporting world, he and his brother have the top podcast. Mm -hmm. That's not because of Taylor Swift. That's because the two of them are super entertaining. I know because I started listening to it and I go, hot dog, these guys are good. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. So you're saying that instead of going for the artistic type, Taylor needed to be trolling for the jocks. I'm I'm saying. (laughs) I have no idea how much of this you actually want to keep in. But yeah, you know, maybe that's what Taylor needs coming from two dads and two guys that have uh, hurt her whole career. But there's nothing wrong with the jocks, Brett. Let's just be real. Yep. Nothing wrong at all. <laughs> all right. I'm sorry I forced you to talk about it, but I thought you and I never talk about, you know, the things happening now. So we let's don't. let's chat about that. We don't. Should we get into this episode, Brett? I think we need to. Let's talk about episode seven, Truth and Consequences, good-looking people. Uh, This week, we're going to look at Corey and Sean as they soil Janitor Bud's reputation. I did not write this this synopsis. But they soil Janitor Bud's reputation when they produce a videotaped report on time clock fraud for a media arts class project. But the results, the result is not what they planned. Mr. Feeney must fire Janitor Bud, a move that makes Corey and Sean unpopular with the rest of the student body. This episode was written by uh, Donna Trujillo. I'm sorry, Donna, if I butchered your name. Uh, I'm guessing Trujillo because it's T-R-U-J-I-L-L-O. Uh, this is her first of two episodes she will write for the series. Her other one will be later this season, episode 12, The Grass is Always Greener. Directed by Jeff McCracken, originally aired November 3rd, 1995. It currently enjoys, what did we got, a 7.7 IMDb rating. And our, our favorite game show for Tyler Vast emotional damage. All right, we're back to it working. Yay! Our last episode came in at 16.7, which we noted was a big drop off from the previous uh, episode before it. 
With our last episode at 16.7 million viewers in the Nielsen ratings, Tyler, what do you think Truth and Consequences came in with? I think they repeat. I think they stay right at that 16.7. You are very close. You would have won with the uh, Price is Right uh, rules because it is 16.8. Nice. Yes, 16.8. They had just a, uh, just a slight bump upwards with this week to start off Sweeps Month. So, uh, yeah, that's everything I've got to kick us off. Tyler, why don't you take us away with our teaser? <laughs> well, we start with a very cheesy uh, Corey with a microphone doing a little uh, little TV interview productive production, whatever you want to call it, uh, media arts uh, situation. He's a man and, on uh, the street reporter. What? He's a man on the street reporter. Yeah, he's a man on it's, the street reporter. It's Billy Eichner so he's in before the cafeteria, Billy was born. Apparently we meet uh, the cafeteria lady, uh, Bertha von uh, Blau. Um, and Bertha, of course, is the former nanny of the Gor- Gorbachev family. Mm-hmm. Who knew? <laughs> not me. Oh, what? Not me. And you know what? Bertha is not even credited as, a, as an mm-hmm. actress on IMDb. That's we don't, sad. It, it, she, now, she doesn't have a speaking role. That's why. But she doesn't have... We don't even know who she is, who this woman is on camera. Hmm. That's sad. So, sorry, good-looking people. I don't know who this woman is to tell you. Yeah. Well, it's not like she ever returns either. Yeah. So, thank you, Bertha. Sorry. Luckily, there's can't. a nice black lady in the back as well. Yeah, we can't thank you by name. Sorry. Yes. Uh, but anywho, uh, so she she's Russian, and so she's from Russia, and apparently uh, Russia treats uh, Jan Adams High uh, just like prison. So they have Jello. Yes. And that's her specialty is Jello. And uh, Sean is trying to get the girls to, uh, you know, be in the picture. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm just going to say, Brett, that. Um, there's some Me Too implications with the question of, hey, girls, you want to be in the movies uh, yeah. or the, be in the picture? Um, so we're just going to move past that train. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll focus more on this really felt a lot like when Mr. Feeney assigned topics to Sean and Corey when they were on Patriot Radio. Yeah. It does. And, uh, yeah, so it just kind of ends with Corey taking a nice big bite out of Jell-O, saying, hmm, some good Jell-O. Freedom and, never uh, <laughs> tasted so good. Williams, Mr. Williams stops uh, the uh, the broadcast, and uh, apparently <laughs> Sean and Corey are sleeping? They fell asleep during their own assignment. I clipped, I clipped this little interaction if you want to hear it. Oh, yes. Hunter, Matthews, wake up. We got to watch your report? You got to watch it. But it stinks. Maybe Mr. Williams doesn't know it stinks. Oh, he knows. Well, I, for one, think the students have a right to know how their food is prepared. Corey did an excellent report. You two are an item, right? Uh-huh. Matthews, you got yourself a good woman. <laughs> but the assignment was to find me a news story. Now, how is Jello news? When it's used for evil. 
People, in my years as a news producer, I learned two things, all right? You got to tell the truth and make it interesting. You got to find a grabber. Now, you two keep that in mind as you redo your assignment. That's, this is definitely Eli on brand. Every time we see him and he talks about being in news, he's always talking about finding the truth and telling the truth. But can you and I just agree for a moment that what they produced for a high school uh, quote unquote news segment is not bad? It's not bad. No, I mean, they could have let Bertha tell her own story. That would have been a better way to go about it. Maybe maybe Eli would have done better to give them pointers about how to take what they did and make it better. But it wasn't a bad start. Yeah. Honestly, I wish he would have said, stay on this Jello thing and see what truth you can learn from this. Yeah. You know, I mean, give them some pointers about, hey, this is a good start. Uh, let's see how you can go and take a different angle. What's what's, you know, you, you focus on the Jello, but who's making the Jello? Let's let's go back and explore right. Bertha. Right. You you're you have someone in the school who has an interesting background. Why don't you see if she'll talk about it? Yeah, because that ult- sounds interesting. Ultimately, he he greenlights a profile on Janitor Bud, which yeah. I mean, this is supposedly a profile on Bertha. So, <laughs> yeah, that would make more sense. Um, I like how he's like everybody knows that. <laughs> Media arts is supposed to be an easy A. Maybe he doesn't know that. He it's, does. It's dumb, but I, I really enjoy that. Maybe he doesn't know that. He knows. I love that runner. I wish they worked <laughs> that one in more often. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but apparently have four days to broadcast. Apparently they are going to broadcast on public access. Yeah, public access TV. This, this actually would have been a fairly big thing because we do find out at the end of the episode that Mr. Feeney's decision was forced because school board members viewed the broadcast. I mean, this anyone in the community gets to view what is here. I mean, when we go back last season... It's just the people within the school building that hear what's on the radio station. This is just broadcast over the PA. But Eli's class project is going out to anyone in Philadelphia radio who has access to basically a PBS station. It's just Uh a channel on their TV they turn to. So, I mean, this this actually has pretty broad ramifications for – Anyone mm-hmm. in the greater Philly area and outlying suburbs that has access to that channel. Mm-hmm. Well, and I will say, like, when I was in high school, we had at the time a special channel that we had access to in our community that was for mm-hmm. community things. And a lot of times like school would do announcements through that to the community. Um, mm-hmm. I can't think of what else would be pub. What would be in there? A lot of times it was just like information about town and all those things. But yep. the, uh, what they would call global media at our school would make videos, would do like their version of school news and they would put those things out there, mm-hmm. but there's the big key to the but. They were produced, edited, and reviewed 
by the Not teacher live. before it ever went out to the public. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing that bothers me the most about this episode. I know that's we're we're not there yet, but we're you're trusting high schoolers, especially because we establish in our head can these are ninth graders mm-hmm. for the most part to do a live broadcast. Somehow they have the technology at the school to to do that, to do a live feed for the whole everybody to see. Um, and there's not a whole lot of like, I know he's producing and that's great, but there's just between producing and teaching. Yep. Yeah. I mean, headcanon, you can chalk this up somewhat to Mr. To, to Eli being, uh, not really a teacher, more of a news producer, but yeah, a lot of this is going to fall on uh, administration too. So Mr. Feeney's, yeah, I'm putting some of the blame on Mr. Feeney here. Yeah. I mean, he, that's the thing is that he, I know he's like, Hey, you're, you're allowing them to air something. Well, I trust them. They're good kids. No, join us. Yeah. His, Understand who you're dealing with. Yeah. I mean, we'll get there, but his, his response to, Eli, when he finds out that uh, he's going to air an unproduced or an unviewed video, which, by the way, just one season ago, when Corey airs a video that is un, you know, got lucky, that is un, uh, unviewed. But his response to Eli is simply, Mr. Williams, this is high school. Join us. Yeah, uh, yeah. It feels very anti Feeny. It's not. It's it's out of character, Feeny, for sure. Right. Well, and even when they showed the video, it wasn't something that was going out to all of Philadelphia. It was just to that classroom. So even if there was something that was questionable in there, it was only going to be viewed in that classroom. You mean so, the first one or the one that? He, uh, that they ultimately run the the janitor bud one no the the one the from last season when they oh yeah 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 that one is only in the classroom yeah right that's all so that's all i went yeah. um yeah but either way um yeah mr williams is like go give me some truth go give me a story which is a really odd thing to say to teenagers because what teenagers find interesting might not always be the most appropriate, no matter how good of a child they are. (laughs) That was just a perfect segue into what Sean and Corey initially find. Oh my gosh, yeah. So doorbell rings. We walk into Mr. Turner's apartment, and apparently at 5.30 every single day, there's a lady who who, uh, is in a towel who dances around in her apartment. Now I will say this. At least Michael Jacobs and ABC's network heads had the decency to write in that she's dancing in a towel. But here we have Corey and Sean, hormonally driven 14 and 15 year olds. But they're peeping Toms, 
with a video camera recording it. This is a crime. I don't know if this is misdemeanor or felony, but they're recording someone in their home where they have a legal expectation of privacy. Corey and Sean are committing a crime at this point. <laughs> And they're being driven completely by their hormones. And this is what they think qualifies as a good story. Uh, but, Brett, literally, oh, Turner's man. like, this is not news. This is inappropriate. You guys can't be doing this. And then he's like, let's turn on the news. And immediately it's up next, beautiful women. And uh, I mean, good on turner he walks in and the immediately guys put the camera down this is not, this is wrong we're gonna go see what real news is i mean huge credit to turner throughout this whole episode he is he is trying to teach the boys without overstepping his bounds into another teacher's realm he is trying to teach them from his vantage point and he is trying to teach Eli at the same time without beating him over the head and letting Eli learn at the same time so yeah. I have a lot of respect for Turner and the way he is handling himself he's he's doing the job that Feeney should be doing in this episode yeah uh, I think that's the interesting dynamic of having a third teacher there especially who's Mm -hmm. less experienced than Turner. Like we get the last season they established Turner's the new groovy teacher at that school, mm -hmm. but they kind of make it clear that he has been teaching for a while, mm -hmm. at least like a few years or two, you know, like it's not his first school. It's not his first rodeo where Eli, this is literally his first time teaching. He's never done this before. He's, he's, he's taught people how to do the news, but he's mm -hmm. not taught young people yep how to handle this so yeah i don't even want to say i just found on the thing uh what the actual headline was and i don't even want to say it but yeah is bigger bigger better yeah just <laughs> and let's just take a moment brett to say half of the stuff on news is just gross Oh, like, it's it's sensationalism. We, it, it's not. I don't know news. when this happened exactly. I know that uh, when Ted Turner got into the news game, it kind of went downhill, and Fox News became a thing, and everything. Like you know, twenty-four hour news cycles became a thing. Intensity to news increased, but salacious stories, for some reason, no matter when it happened, is these big giant things and there's just a desire to have ratings that is just kind of gross instead of actually informing people what is happening. Mm -hmm. If you want a decent story about the news and the good of news, I recommend Newsroom, a TV show from almost 10 years ago. <laughs> but Aaron it doesn't Sorkin. help you that much. <laughs> yes, good looking people let me get on a very brief soapbox. Soap it up. 90%, and this is not an overblown statistic, 90% of what you will see, hear, or find online is not news. It is commentary. It is overblown statistics from poorly formed and poorly sourced information. It is headlines that are deliberately misleading to drive traffic to their sites because 
those sites are maintained and driven by advertising dollars. Most organizations that are deemed news are slanted either left or right. And they're going to deliver you their information that they call news from their perspective. And it is actually commentary. You have to dig through to find the facts. And if you're going to be getting your information from one side, you need to find balance from the other side. And what the truth is, is going to be somewhere in the middle. There are rubrics out there that show you exactly where news sources, and I use this quotation marks, actually lie on that axis, left-leaning, right-leaning, in the middle. Find a good one and get your news from either a balance or right in the middle. I'll tell you right now, InfoWars is not a news source. <laughs> and I'm sorry if you enjoy it. Fox News is legally labeled an entertainment uh so uh what what is their term an entertainment company they're not actually legally termed a news company uh which is actually quite brilliant when it comes to legalities because they can't be sued as a news source <laughs> but yes when it comes to news i i actually uh a big part of my job does lie in in journalism and my day job does lie in journalism. So when it comes to news being more commentary than anything else and being salacious and being driven by clicks, it does irk me a lot. So good looking people, that is my soapbox. Most of your news you'll hear today is actually commentary and it is driven by we got to get this out first. And when it comes time that you realize that, that you find out, oh, this wasn't accurate, the retraction gets buried on page 30. Yep. So that's my soapbox. I wish more yep. people were like Eli when it came to really finding out what's true. Yeah. No, I, I agree with everything you just said. The problem is, simply put, we want to believe the things we want to believe. Mm -hmm. And people will go to and listen to only the sources that will tell them what they want to hear, not what actually happened. Yep. And there are people that are willing to believe alternative facts and things that are not fully truths and allow themselves to live in a world that does not fully exist. Mm -hmm. um, I will also say that it's not a new thing for, especially in the political realm, that you have... Um, you know, opinions coming out and stating it, making it seem like it's a fact when really it's just slander and uh, <laughs> speaking ill of someone. There's an article. Um, oh, I think it was Jefferson. One of his people paper that favored him basically reported something about uh, John Adams and how he's wants the throne or something like that again and he wants to become a new king or just I, I know that at one point especially after George Washington left there was the vacuum of struggle and uh, a lot of 
really inappropriate things started coming out mm-hmm. and <laughs> saying slanderous things about one another that doesn't happen as much but you know people say it on tv so it's different yeah and just so you know TikTok is not necessarily a reliable news source. Liar. (laughs) I said not necessarily reliable. There may be a couple on there that are decent, but not necessarily. Anyway, I think that's enough boxing for now. Uh, We have this interesting interaction real quick that we have to discuss. And that's Janitor Bud giving uh, a kid named Leonard a hard time because apparently Leonard uh, threw up and Bud had to clean it up. Mm-hmm. And Feeney's like, hey, we don't taunt the kids here. Wait, don't, don't embarrass the students, Janitor Bud. <laughs> yeah. Oh, me and Leonard, we're tight. We're friends. We go way back. <laughs> yeah. Um, so- I still enjoy the chase. <laughs> so, anywho, Feeney sits down with Turner and I think Eli as well. Yep. Yeah, there's a and lot apparently, of good-looking uh, young Ms. women around. Wooly has decided to retire yes. and move to Florida to be closer to her grandchildren. One of whom is uh, 50. Yeah. She's old enough to have a 50-year-old grandson. So good she's finally retiring. <laughs> yeah. It, it is good. Mm-hmm. I mean, that generation, uh, someone in their 90s should not be working. At school, and uh, it wouldn't no. have been, but you know, <laughs> no, whatever. They had good retirements, yeah. That back in '95, they had a pretty decent retirement plan. Yeah, um, let's not even get into it, Brent. Let's not even go there. Yeah, so, just keep yeah, moving. They're talking about how they're interviewing for a new secretary because they need a new secretary. Uh, make a joke about getting an oxygen tank for the last one. And apparently she's a certified scuba diver. Everyone's yes. a scuba diver for some odd reason in this Everyone's area. Everyone's a scuba diver in Philly. Yeah. <laughs> it's those type of jokes that make me go, you guys literally are not f- from Pennsylvania for a moment, mm-hmm. are you? No one is. No. <laughs> So, anywho, um, like, Turner er, was kind of talking about that assignment that he gave, and the guys talk about Jello, and then talk about the dancing girl, and um, you know, Eli's trying to say, you know, there's truth out there, you know, there's scandal, there's something. It's like, yeah, you know, remember they're they're teenagers, and uh, so. The boys are trying to figure out, well, what can we do? What's, what's a scandal out there? What's a story we can tell? And just Joey is just walking around like giant red flags <laughs> all over the place. And just Stole. probably the most carny like he has ever been. Joey is such a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is a cartoon in this world. And it makes me happy. Stolen bike tires and then... I'm not sure if these are stolen tube socks or just an illegal tube sock ring that he's trying to sell. But well, he's they say he's something got, in the news broadcast about tube socks being 
uh, stolen. Yeah, but he's got like, he opens his his shirt and he's got like tube socks, like you see in the old like nineteen forties movies, where a guy opens his coat and he's got all kinds of fancy rich watches inside that he's, you know, these yeah. hot watches that he's trying to sell. It's hilarious. I love I love the visuals there. It's yeah. it's absolutely hilarious. It's great. Yeah, I love <laughs> uh, Joey when he's a cartoon storyline, which apparently he in the school is going to do some sleep study research. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I it, this type of thing did happen uh, when I was in elementary school. There was. I don't remember it was a sleep study, but I do remember an independent, um, some sort of independent firm did come in for a week and did some sort of independent study similar to this. Um, so this type of thing did happen. And okay. we'll, meet, we'll meet Monique, uh, played by Kathy. Tra- tra- it's either Tragser or Tragesser. Um, I'm not sure in pronunciation there. So... Uh, Again, Kathy, my apologies if I butchered your last name. First and only time we'll see her on Boy Meets World. Uh, she has 21 acting credits to her name, including Silk Stockings, Days of Her Lives, Step by Step. Step by Step, Day by Day. <laughs> Murder, She Wrote, Lois and Clark, New Adventures of Superman, Baywatch, Baywatch Nights, Team Knight Rider, and others. And she has not been in front of a camera since 2014. Ah, her last name's Larson. Oh, yes. <laughs> Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, anywho, uh, yeah, so apparently uh, Eric uh, agrees that he will get paid and will sleep during the middle of school. Yeah. And there I, we go. I shut earn cash by records. How hard now, could it be? Eric says, I got a job. <laughs> Do these writers forget that Eric worked at the store? Well, we already figured out earlier this season that he must have quit for some reason. I don't like, remember our reasoning, but... Eric worked all the first season at the store. Yeah, he was a bag boy. He even quit to go be a supermodel and then had to start back at the bottom. I... Listen, I get that the joke is the most important thing in this show. I get that. But some of the continuity, especially for a character like Eric and Sean, just drives me crazy. This is two of your main characters from the start of the show. Mm-hmm. If if I could slap one piece of information into Michael Jacobs, it would be do better with continuity. Amy switches jobs out of nowhere. Yeah. And then we never really talk about it again, ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well. That's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, Eric's an amateur we get sleeper to the looking four turn days pro. later, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, the, time is really weird in this episode. It just it jumps and slows and jumps and slows. This, but anyway. Th- this episode... Yeah, well, <laughs> well, we'll focus on this episode for right now. Yeah, but I mean, like, we're not that far, like, we're not that far away from uh, the New Year's Eve episode. Like, we're, we're like mm-hmm. three-ish episodes away from there, three or four. I can't remember exactly. I think just three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, so we're th- r- right around, say, 
uh, November. Mm-hmm. Let's just put a month on it. Yeah, this say, is the beginning this is of November. November. Yeah. So you're saying that from the time he got hired in September to November, they've had the time and ability to be able to make this thing happen of going live at the school. Mm-hmm. Depending on if the media arts class was already running or if this was something they had intended to get running and they had a teacher and he dropped out, it's possible but i'm gonna say episode's gonna episode maybe we should call a little bit a gubwa i'm calling a gubwa all right there you go a gubwa <laughs> that still makes me happy anywho uh topanga's trying to channel her inner carry uh katie kirk I mm-hmm. will say that we've talked about Katie Kirk before. This yes. version of Topanga is very inspired by her. Um, so she's trying to channel her to be her yes. most Katie Kirk version. I will say that um, Alan and Amy are there for some reason. Yeah. Well, I mean, their son is, you know, he's going to be filing a, a report. Alan's a manager, so he's got the flexibility to, to be there. I mean, their son's effectively going to be live on TV in one way or another. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I get the idea that you have parents being there, but it's like it's very clearly only showing the two of them. I know they're the only two that matter for it is a little odd. They're the only parents there. Yes. I mean, they're the only parents there. It's only Eli and Feeney there that are staff. But yes, I mean, story's sake, (laughs) yes. But yes, it is odd. It's just the TV, you know, TV magic, as they say. I do want to know what magic tricks Janitor Bud does. I would love to know that as well. Um, yeah, Topanga's kind of nervous. Uh, everything is kind of moving very slightly. And, um, you know, George comes up and he's, you know, talking to Eli. It keeps the whole Mr. Williams thing just tripping me up. But, uh, yeah, I know. about what's going on and the profiles and about Janitor Bud. He says, Janitor Bud? He's not doing magic, is he? Our janitor, bud. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we have that very important moment where he's like, yeah, and Matthews has a report. He's editing up, finishing it right now. It's like, you haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These like, are good kids. They haven't let me down yet. Mr. Williams, this is high school. Join us. And like, I, and this is where, And, you know, credit to Donna. I mean, writing for TV is difficult. It takes a lot. But Mr. Feeney is out of character here. He has seen enough through two and a half seasons with Corey specifically, not to mention all the other students at John Adams High, to say, no, you're not putting. I I am the principal of this school. I am responsible for the image and the reputation of this school. We are live on air to anyone in this region. You are not putting a report on air that you did not personally vet. Mr. Feeney would not let that go out to that wide an audience when he had a problem with it going to a classroom that was not vetted. I mean, he let Mr. Turner make the choice, but that was just a classroom. Mm-hmm. I will say, I, as I'm thinking through this moment, uh, 
for good looking people, those of you that haven't watched Newsroom, uh, there's an amazing, amazing moment uh, where one of the anchors for a segment like goes off script and like uh, doesn't listen to her executive producer and she's just kind of like confronting a guest and after the broadcast uh after a bunch of yelling she calmly is walking out and she tries to go okay so i may have stepped over the line and the producer's like whatever you say next just just wait the next 30 seconds What's going to happen next? Like, whatever happens, just remain calm for the next 15 seconds. What's going to happen next 15 seconds? And then it's just this, what in the name of blah, 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 were you thinking? Just a tirade of curse words that I don't want to repeat here. But mm-hmm. it's just this like, you know, essentially Mr. Feeney is this, uh, <laughs> the, the the overarching, you know, director of news and he's quite disturbed that an ep is not uh as prepared as he should be mm-hmm. but he trusts his ep so he's hoping it's gonna work out and unfortunately yep they wanted to get to the truth and that that truth was not a good truth to find out mm-hmm. and also i think what bugs me too is timing wise it feels like if at five o'clock at night they realize what happened. They should be at the school. Thus, Corey should be able to go in and immediately edit that sucker. And then have it ready for the next morning. And then, too, he should almost have this moral of, should I show this or not? Like, I mm-hmm. think it would have been more interesting if, like... This is the, like they had gotten this like a day or two beforehand. And do we so, go? Do we take what, this on air? Right, and they they're like, "This is great. This is amazing. This is awesome." And like Mr. Williams reviews it, and he loves it. It's great. And Corey has to have that question conversation of if I air this, this is going to hurt somebody, but mm-hmm. it's the truth. So. Will I do the right thing by showing this? Mm-hmm. And we could have much better conversations around that rather than Corey just rushing headlong into it and not thinking through anything. Yeah. I mean, the way that they make this seem is if they just wanted to get the story, they got the story, and it didn't matter what happened after that. Yes. And so when people are being rude to Corey and Sean later on and the way that people interact with them, they're justified in those feelings because. Yeah. Now do teenage boys make decisions without thinking of ramifications? Yes. Yes. Do Corey and Sean make decisions without thinking of ramifications? Yes. Yes. Do uh, it's like you said, their, their reactions are very justified. Would it have been a better story if they had done what we had just suggested? Absolutely. It would have been a much better story. That said, the report itself was hilarious. Yes, they're trapped like deer. Deer? I will say I had the hugest problem with Corey taking all that time to edit and not editing out his spinach. (laughs) 
Yeah, but that's just it's, it's it's funny. Something that a high schooler would do. It's funny. It's something that a high schooler would do, but it is just so stupid. Remind me to edit it out. Oh yeah. Not a dramatization. Not, Not a, dramatization. a dramatization. Now I'm curious if Bud is giving Joey five dollars every time and how many days a week he's leaving early. Because I don't remember them saying how often. Also, it comes into play of what is his actual schedule? Mm -hmm. That's something for later on. Um, Yeah. But yeah, so the gist of it is that he leaves early every single day. Everyone is confused by this. um, And also just like... In a way, you could tell that Eli is proud of them because, hey, they got a story. It was compelling. They did a good job. But there's now consequences for that. And Mr. Feeney was like, hey, is this is this real? Yeah, I not a drama. Is that? I mean, Eli is very impressed. They found something real and true in the school. But it, I, I, that's not what he was expecting. And, yeah, I, I will say... I know they had to work with the sets they had, but that time clock is way too out in the open. Yeah. And I did love the A Thug uh, <laughs> title there. Yeah. And the loneliest mop that Corey's ever seen is, is icing on the cake. Yeah. But I have to say, I'm alarmed with the phrasing, and I, I blame Jacobs for this. The fact that Corey comes up to his parents and goes, Mom, Dad... How proud are you? Like, I know that he's a teenager and all, but we have had three seasons of Corey's parents proving time and time again that he they are proud of him for who he is and that Mm -hmm. they trust the way they've raised him and his brother. And like Corey should not be feeling like, well, did I do a good enough job? Do you love me now? Yeah, like, I mean, they prove it every day. This point in, he should really be walking up to him and say, "Well, what do you think?" Not right. How proud of you are, your investigative reporter? Just what do you think of what I what what we put up there? You know? Yeah. I mean, he's definitely like high on his own supplies. There's no other way of saying it at the moment. Like he's just mm-hmm. too about himself, I guess, and prideful. But oh, totally. Other than that, like. Teenagers, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, uh, they kind of try to make it clear to Corey of like, you know, this is going to affect him. You know, it's not, Feeney's got a heart of gold. What what could happen? <laughs> and Bud gets fired. Yeah. Two months away from a full pension. But he tries to point out that he saved Feeney's life. There was a waxy buildup on the floor. He threw himself on it. Feeney thought he was asleep. Well, while I was down there. <laughs> but Feeney. Ammonia's in my blood. Really? Ammonia's in my blood. We're like brothers. No, we're not. Nothing works. And then Joey comes back out. And I clipped uh, Joey's interaction here. <laughs> His speech. His little speech. Did you bother to find out where our saintly janitor B was going every day at 255? No. Uh oh. So before you go pontificating from your thokus, <laughs> let me set you straight. <laughs> 
Every day, that sweet butt of a man takes a few dollars that he has left, and he visits a place where there are others even less fortunate than him. Oh, oh, my stomach is bubbling. Good. Your stomach should bubble. Because that lovely man that you got, Ken, he's a giver. And do you know where he gives, Matthews? Oh, I don't want to know. <laughs> the track, Matthews. Playing the ponies. <laughs> the joy of gambling was all he had left. So next time you go sticking your nose someplace where it don't belong, you remember this. You suck. I, that might be my favorite Joey the Rat monologue. <laughs> Before you go pontificating from your tuchus. You suck. You suck. <laughs> well, I, I just love this build that they have of, you know, him really giving and being Going a charitable to person to where others, bets on the ponies. Yeah, where others are less fortunate and he gives at the track. <laughs> yep. It's like, yeah, he's he's cutting out early to go play the ponies. Like, okay, yeah, he's really not doing anything other than just throwing money away. Yeah. I mean, how is it that this is the first time that Feeney is hearing about this, too? Like, if he's consistently doing this, this would have come out. But at the same time, I mean, he's clearly also coming back to the school later in the day because... Corey saved his life because he was asleep in the closet when Corey set fire to the school. That's in, my problem, in Brad. Hometown hero. What is his schedule? If he's there yeah. half of the night and towards the end of the evening, when is mm-hmm. his, when is he supposed to be working? So he's either not going every day or he's going and then coming back. Uh, yeah, who knows? Right. <sighs> Episode's gonna episode I don't, I don't know. or I don't know, Brad. I don't know. Agubwa. Yeah. This is real episode has to episode. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry. You know who I'm talking to. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. so, then we get the janitor's curse. <laughs> we go back to Eric, who is uh, waking up from his uh, little bit of sleep study. And... Uh, Apparently, uh, she's quite impressed, Monique is, on Eric's Mm -hmm. uh, situation when he's sleeping. And uh, she wants to know if he'll come back another time and get paid again. Yeah, because uh, he has a serene, almost goofy look on his face because he has no brain activity while he's sleeping. Mm -hmm. Now, I have to say... If, Brett, if, 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 for this young person who is doing this research, would not she go... Hey, how about tonight? You, I've set up this appointment for you to go to a lab, and at this lab, we will do more, you know, research, blah blah blah, and we'll pay you for that time. That seems like it would. That's the progression, you know, of more technology, more tests, you know, mm-hmm. see what happens. But this is a. This is here solely for Eric to have something to do and a joke. Let's just be honest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Real world, it would be either let's recalibrate the equipment and try again, or we need to send you to a better facility. Yeah. But Eric wants half and then (laughs) double it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. But apparently the guys are now in the cafeteria and people aren't happy because people like Janitor Bud. 
And uh, Corey and uh, Sean are the whole reason that he's been fired. At least that's the way the school feels. Including Bertha, apparently. Oh, yeah. She writes, I hate you on Corey's bun. And the janitor's curse gets Sean because he trips over a plunger in the cafeteria. Yeah, I forgot to mention the janitor's curse that he puts upon the school. Oh, not the school, just Sean and Corey. That's that's fun. You have to see the good looking people. Go back and rewatch that part. Yeah. Janitor Bud is awesome at that point. <laughs> and Corey just he thinks of himself as a reporter, not a student. That's yeah, that's he a keeps referring on, himself as a reporter. And it's that's creepy. a failing on Eli's part. Eli definitely did not delineate for his students there, especially but, Corey. But every time that Corey gets an assignment like this, he does take this obsessive approach to it. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I am a reporter. I'm a man behind the camera. This is who I am. I have to get this information. Yeah. Corey has an obsessive personality. We we should really get someone on the podcast sometime that has a psychology degree to assess Corey. I think I might have someone. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, but yeah, so uh, I did clip uh, Eli and Jonathan's conversation. Man, Matthews is really taking a beat. Yeah, but he had it coming, don't you think? I mean, a kid's story cost Janet about his job. Yeah, but the whole school's on the little guy's case now. Well, that was the assignment, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. He told him to go out and get a hot news story, right? Matthews did. It's a news business. Yeah, but this isn't the news business. This is school. These are kids. Exactly. And there it is. Jonathan's pointing out to Eli something he had a blind spot for. Yeah. He, he, it didn't click with him yet. And there it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's the thing is that like for a news station, for them to go out and get a story, they're talking to someone for a few minutes. They get the story and then they go to a different story. Mm-hmm. Like this weekend, um, my wife and I participated in a walk for our middle child, um, and there was a news crew there. We actually stood by the, the the news crew at one point. They didn't interview us, but they were interviewing other people and, you know, did a whole story on it. And it was in the news later on that night. But, you know, it's not like that lady had to see us the rest of the day, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like they go get the information and they go back to their home studio. That's mm-hmm. the news business. That's not how schools operate. Yeah. But I do like that. We finally have a Corey sits down with his parents and have a full blown discussion on, did I do the right thing? Mm-hmm. And I love, yeah. love, love. I don't know if you clip this, but I love their interaction with each other. Yeah. I, I didn't clip it. Um, I, oh, that's I, fine. We, we'll just talk about it. I, I like that Alan and Amy disagree because mm-hmm. it shows. I mean, it shows realism. It shows that they both have their own perspective. It's not. It's not homogenous, or it's, I mean, it's not monolithic. Uh, you know, Amy thinks Corey was wrong. Her reasoning's a little simplistic, just because you know the poor man was two months away from retirement. Um, her her concern was just that, uh, Bud. Not not that Bud was doing something wrong, but that his uh, he was fired two months away from retirement. Alan uh, thinks Corey was right because Janitor Bud was skipping out to go play the ponies when he should have been working. And he was effectively stealing from the school. 
and we don't get to see any more because you know Eric interrupts. But I would have loved to have seen more of this conversation. And if if they had gone the route that we had suggested earlier, we could have dived a lot deeper into this conversation. Um, but this this would have been a, a very fertile ground for for discussion for the episode. Yeah, but I mean. Uh- in fairness to both of them, the, neither one of them are wrong. Like, this is literally a, what was the right thing? Like, is it right for the school to be paying for someone to not be there, not doing their job? Or is it better for them to give grace and say, hey, you're two months away. You know, we're going to let you slide. And again, you're two months away as in only two more months of half of the school year and then he can hit pension which I, mean, I guess if he was hired midway through the year that would make sense mm-hmm. so but anyway yeah I like that again Amy and Alan do a great job quite often even if they disagree with something of telling Corey why they disagree with something and mm-hmm. then still making it clear of you still have to decide did you do the right thing or not Yep. So, um, <laughs> uh, Eric lets him know that he has a letter from the University of Pennsylvania that they want to study him. You got accepted better. They want to study me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's a little bit easier in his world. I'm just going to fast forward us for a moment, Brett, because all in all, we get to Mr. Feeney's office at this point, and Mr. Feeney's trying to get a coffee. Uh, Corey walks in with uh, Eli, and they're like, hey, we really think you should reconsider firing Bud. He's, it's not right mm-hmm. you did that. He deserves to get full pension, blah, blah, blah. And... Um, He's like, sorry, I made my decision. I had no choice. He could no longer be. I could not have him as a janitor anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, say, how could you do this to this man? He saved your life. Oh, I, for, I saw that wax. <laughs> oh, for the love of God, I saw the wax. <laughs> um, of course, I say, I always thought you had a heart of gold and I just don't understand how you could do this. And then, Brett, plot twist, Janitor Bud walks in. But he's not a janitor's uniform. Nope. Janitor Bud is replacing the secretary who is retiring Mm -hmm. for two months. (laughs) Yes. I I wish we could have had Secretary Bud for a little bit. That would have been awesome. That would have been fantastic. Yes. But this is the last time we will see Janitor Bud. Yeah, but what a great way for him to go out. Coasters, Feeney, coasters. Yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. What a great way for him to go out. Careful with that buzzer. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not, not a, a toy. toy you know. <laughs> yes. Curse my heart of gold. Yeah. But I mean, that's the thing is Feeney is a good guy. Feeney has a good heart. And yes, yes. he can't trust Miss. Bud to you know be a janitor and be independent essentially in his job yes, but and, and he can't, a, 
I mean, he made a point. The school board did see that. The school board is not going. His hands were tied. He cannot allow Bud to remain in that position because he was shown to not be trustworthy in it. But he has the freedom to put whoever he wants in that secretary position. Yeah. I mean, real world, if someone did that, I would imagine that they would not be allowed to work at the school whatsoever. But yeah, this is the real world. This is TV world. And I'm perfectly fine with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So we uh, end the episode with uh, more people standing around Eric with a lab coats on from around and, the world. Um Brett, a lot of them have interesting um, things on their heads. Um, I don't want to go f- too far into it, but it's the 90s version of uh, diversity, if you will. Yes. From colleagues yes, around is. the world. <laughs> yes. And I, I actually do have a, uh, a screen cap or two. Um, we've actually uh, I've got. We've got someone represented in a kilt from Scotland. We've got a gentleman in a turban. We have a gentleman in a dashiki from Africa. Uh, we have what looks to be a woman from, uh, I'm going to guess, uh, India or uh, Japan, based on what little of her garb under her coat I can see. Uh, white guy. I'm gonna say she's from China. She's oh. she's from China. I think uh, that uh, well, white guy's got his hair back. He kind of reminds me of the guy from Mighty Ducks too. I could, yeah, yes. And uh, gentlemen, I'm gonna say he's a token guy from Britain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so uh, they they've got yeah. some very very generic uh, global diversity represented there. Yeah, but all of this Eric situation was all set up so that way they could show that Eric is completely content and super relaxed and chilled. And yep. you see a rat sitting there who has worries and concerns and is fearful of his life. And why is this woman put these things onto me? I'm going to die feelings. Oh, he has fears, hopes, dreams and goals. Poor little guy, is yeah. what Eric says. Yes, Eric's. But if you notice Eric's monitor, his brainwaves are still flat when he wakes up. <laughs> I did notice that too. <laughs> Which, I mean, it's a production error, but yeah. it's still funny. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's just it's all for the joke. I said there are some episodes I have to remind myself it is all for the joke. It's all for yes. the joke. That's all it is. Just. Except it's for the joke. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, but that's our episode, Brett. <laughs> that is our episode, yes. <laughs> and so we come to the part of the episode where we find out about Tyler's. People, 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 people. Am I the only one who read the summer reading list? Deep dives. All right, let's start with. Uh, the name Gorbachev. Uh, so Mikhail Gorbachev uh, was the a Soviet and Russian 
politician uh, who served as the eighth and final leader of the Soviet Union from 1985 uh, to the country's dissolution in 1991. He is the uh, leader at the time that Richard Nixon says, Mr. Gorbachev, bring down that wall. Um, I'm not a crook. Those are the two lines that people know of his. <laughs> Those are the only two lines most so, people yeah. know. He was born in March uh, 2nd, thir- 1931, and passed away August 30th, 2022, which is quite recent. So for the record, in Pennsylvania, it is illegal to record someone without their consent. So say, you know, videotaping someone from across the way is very much illegal. I don't have specifically on if it's a misdemeanor or uh, what the charges would be, but... Just know it's illegal. That's all you need to know, and you shouldn't do it. Let's talk Jello, Brett. All right, I like Jello. What is Jello? Jello is sold ready to eat in a powder form and is available in many different colors and fruit flavors. The powder contains powdered gelatin and flavoring, including sugar and artificial sweeteners. It is dissolved in very hot water, then chilled and allowed to allowed to set fruit vegetables whipped cream and other ingredients can be added to make a elaborate snack that can be molded into various shapes jello must be put into a refrigerator until served once set properly it is normally eaten with a spoon so the first recorded reference to a gelatin like substance was from 1682 uh, a Frenchman named Denis Papin recorded his research experiments on the subject. His experiments resulted in a method of removing a gelatinous material from animal bones by boiling. It has no taste, no odor, and when combined with liquid, no color, it is pure protein. So, Jello was once healthy for you if you need some protein. <laughs> So in 1895, Pearl B. Waite, a cough syrup manufacturer in Leroy, New York, was having business troubles. He decided to give up on cough syrup business and branched out to the food industry. He and his wife, May, experimented with adding fruit syrup, strawberry, raspberry, orange, and lemon to gelatin. The powder was 88% sure May renamed uh, the dessert Jell-O. However, they were also unsuccessful in selling the product. Unfortunately for Mr. Watt, he lacked the funds and knowledge to properly market uh, this product. So he ended up selling the Jell-O formula to his neighbor, Orator, O-R-A-T-O-R, Francis Woodward. In 1899, Order Francis uh, Woodward uh, purchased the name Jello and the business for. <laughs> are you ready for this number, Brett? Yes. $450. During the early years, uh, Woodward had no luck in getting Jello to take off in popularity either. Uh, and he reportedly tried to sell off the Jell-O business for only $35 to his plant superintendent, Andrew Samuel, 
Nico, Woodward advertising efforts started to pay off when sending well-groomed salesmen out on beautiful horse-drawn carriages into communities, fairs, country gatherings, and church socials uh, to evangelize and provide jello shapes. These efforts, along with new technology such as refrigeration and packaging in powder form, helped jello get discovered and become fashionable to serve at banquets and fancy dinners. Uh, I'll also add that in 1902, Woodward launched the advertising campaign, America's Most Favorite Dessert. Now, of course, as we all know, if you go into the baked goods section, what are you going to find? A crap ton of jello. <laughs> and as someone who stocks those shelves, I'm going to be real with you. I have no idea how much jello we actually sell, but it always feels like when I walk in there, there's still the same amount <laughs> in there as there was before. <laughs> But, oh well. Mostly just this sugary thing. That's it. <laughs> it's it's wiggly sugar. Yeah. But, hey, we all know that if we want some jello, we make some jello, and it's good. And if you really want more sugar, you let it sit halfway, and then you drop a bunch of gummy bears in it and let it finish setting. Uh, so, media arts. Uh, I was trying to look up, like, when media arts became, like, a thing. And there's not a real clear-cut answer to that um, as far as, like, doing, like, recording and making videos and those type of things. That came around in the, the 80s with uh, VHS uh, recorders being much more easier to get, to get of. So, basically, there's not a true clear indication of, like, when any sort of media arts became, like, a thing. But essentially, we can do context clues of, you know, it's easy to get a VHS tape and player in the 80s. So that's probably when they started becoming a thing. Slowly but surely, 90s became a much bigger thing. You know, in the 2000s, every single school just about had some form of a media arts program. Whether it was a teacher that was solely dedicated to teaching that or just a teacher that had that as like a side and only had like a few like one class period for it i will say that i didn't it was a shock to me when you said that yes they uh it was not that uncommon for the 90s to have people show up to a school and do some sort of an experiment or whatever but i just kind of looked up like you know experiments and so there was one done cdc most high school most middle school and high school students don't sleep enough and said more than two out of three school-age adolescents aren't getting enough sleep, and the stimulation seems to be getting worse, according to the U.S. Center of Disease Control Prevention, CDC. The agency, which found a similar trend among middle school-age children, warned that insufficient sleep can increase the risk of a host of health including problems with obesity, diabetes, injury. Uh, CDC's based results from Youth at Risk Behaviors Survey, uh, the YRBS, administered in 2015 uh, in high school students in 30 states, 16 urban uh, school districts, and uh, middle schools in nine states, seven urban dis school districts. Uh, so the average night's sleep 
is what they are kind of going for. Uh, CDC recommends at least uh, apparently nine to 12 hours uh, for children uh, ages uh, six to 12 and eight to 10 for per 24 for uh, 13 to 18. Among middle schoolers, 57.8% uh, reported insufficient amount of sleep with nearly 12% reported sleeping fewer than six hours a night. That sounds like a good night's sleep to me. <laughs> Sadly, yes. <laughs> Among high schoolers, 72.7 reported insufficient sleep, about 20% reporting sleeping fewer than six hours a night. Uh, both groups, females fared worse than males, with 59.6 of middle schoolers, uh, 70 Point six of high school females reporting insufficient amount of sleep compared to the 57% of middle school boys and the 69.9% of uh, male boys. Essentially, Brett, what we can take from this is the survey sample that they have is that uh, it doesn't seem like kids are getting that much sleep, and that's not good. And maybe Eric's one of the mm-hmm. few that does get a good enough amount of sleep, which is why he sleeps so calmly. I think so. I think that is quite accurate. <laughs> and last but not least, there was a portion when the crossing guard, uh, they showed a book of his about uh, crossing. And I uh, just want you to know that that book does not exist, of course. But there are some books out there that are like kids books. So crossing guards, crossing the current, ready, stop, crossing guard, uh, people who help kids, crossing guard, high five Hank. That looks interesting. Crossing the current. Some little simple books about crossing guards, apparently. So there is stuff out there, which would be an interesting thing to have a nice updated kids book on that. I don't know why that wasn't something they would promote. But <laughs> anyway, Brett, those are the deep dives. All right. Well, let's talk about what we learned. You know anything about the Odyssey? Huh? Did I say you could talk? I didn't teach you that. My friend, Mr. Matthews, will lead the discussion. Do I have to draw you a picture? Yes, draw me a picture. Tyler, what did you learn? I think... (laughs) To quote uh, Fred Sandwich, we're doing this again? How can I learn so much, Brett, and still be so stupid? Oh, man. We're doing this story again? You know, how can I learn so much every week and still be so stupid? I mean, this is a perfect opportunity for that because I feel like sometimes we are teaching the same thing over and over and over and over again. And there's a point that you're just like, you just have to grab them by the face. Like, are you paying attention? Mm -hmm. You keep doing this. Mm Mm-hmm. In the words of uh, Mr. Turner. Do you listen? So I will say this, that it reminds me of today at football because we our guys weren't doing that good. And there was a point that I could have really laid into a couple of kids and I pulled them aside and I think they thought I was going to. And I looked at them and I would say to them, hey, take a breath. 
and know that you could be doing better. You and I both know you could be. And there's no question in my head that you are one of the best kids in this league when you try and when you're paying attention. And I get frustrated when you don't Mm because I know you could do more. And it's just that that sometimes it's what it is, is that you're you realize that you could be yelling and could be frustrated, but sometimes calmly just saying, I I get angry, buddy, because you this is not your best and you we both know it. Mm-hmm. So sometimes a nice calm conversation is what we need to have. And gosh, I wish someone would have had that with Corey. Yeah. Well, my my lesson for the good looking people this week is think things through. Don't just <laughs> don't don't be like Corey and just think about you and what you want to get out of this. Think think what think about the impact it'll have on everyone around you. So many things in life are are your decisions impact so many other people beyond just yourself. So think things through. Yeah. Especially if you're a teenage boy, because Lord knows you guys do not think things through enough. Yeah. All of us don't, but especially you guys. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. So let's talk about grades. Miss Owens, excellent. Mr. Baker, very nice. Mr. Matthews. Well, there it is. I haven't pulled that one out in a while. Tyler, what do you grade this one? I'm... Uh, I... I'll I struggle first. with this one. I'll go first. I, I okay, make you go, go first. <laughs> I'm I'm giving this one a C minus. I mean, we've we've seen this we've seen this message before. We've seen this lesson before, and. Corey had an opportunity. Eli had an opportunity. Feeney had an opportunity to do better. And none of them did. Feeney was written out of character. And ultimately, this this message could have done better if they would have given Corey the opportunity to actually think things through before going on air. So was the message taught yes were there consequences yes did they really dive into it well enough no so does it do its job yes does it do its job well enough no do i watch it yes i do do i skip it on a on a marathon no i don't but is it one that i really point to as a sterling example of boy meets world not really so i'm giving it a c minus Okay, this is going to be a weird grade for me to give. Okay. Because at at this point, I mean, uh, we've kind of established that like a D, anywhere in the D range, like we kind of will avoid watching it again. F tier, we we almost will never watch unless we absolutely have to. Like those are the ones (laughs) we go out of our way and, and avoid. But like in a way, this is one where like I like this episode mm-hmm. and I know I'll watch it again but in in the reviewing in the context of it gosh this episode is not 
anywhere near good, even compared to last week's episode that we said this is a average, average episode. This one is worse than that one by at least two points, <laughs> you know, because yeah, uh, I, I almost feel like this episode is trying to have it's trying to have everybody and in trying to have everybody be represented, we almost have no time for anyone, including for Corey. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for that matter, this is the first time we've done this, so we're going to see what happens. But I'm going to give this episode, Brad, uh, the first official C minus minus. A C minus minus. Now, you may say, Tyler, that's just a D plus. No, no, because a D plus is something that is is way bad, and I don't want to really watch that again. But this is one I will <laughs> watch again. I know for sure I have no problem watching this. In fact, I may go out of my way to watch this one. So it's in the C range for me, but it's it's two notches below last week's episode. It just is. In fact, I'd probably I would rewatch this episode before I'd rewatch the pig episode. Don't tell okay. me how that makes sense, Brett. But just <laughs> hey, let's it's go. your it's your grade. I mean, you you grade how you want. I'm I'm just <laughs> I'm just sitting here putting the grade in my box there. Just trying to make your uh, your graphic a little more confusing now. Yep. I'm just trying to figure out how I'm going to score it at the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that's going to fall on the graph. <laughs> You have to make a new graph now. <laughs> you, you just ruined my graph for me at the end of the season. <laughs> yeah, these are based on a number system, dude. <laughs> Can you tell right, I'm so tired? A C minus and a C minus minus. <laughs> Next time we have our teacher extraordinaire on, we'll it's have minus to ask, squared. <laughs> Next time we have our teacher extraordinaire on, we'll have to ask her about the minus minus. Yeah, I did try to see if she was available for this episode because I thought this would be a good one for everyone, but she was unavailable. But she said uh, she feels honored and wants to. It's just timing. I understand that. Well, we will have to make sure we find a good time to have her on for one. All right. Well, before we go, oh, let's uh, let's get your dad joke in. Uh, although we could call your C minus minus a dad joke. Uh, hold on. I don't know why I always forget about this part, but I do. <laughs> we forgot to tell people about the the fact this, that if they leave this, a review, we'll this read is it on episode, air and do all that stuff real quick. This is episode 60. This is your 30th dad joke you're supposed to give. You still forget. Well, while Tyler is getting his dad joke ready, you can leave us a... Uh, review a five star rating uh, on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you, I, I still don't know if you can leave us anything at Spotify or Google Podcasts, which I found out today is going away next year because they're folding that into YouTube Music. You can also find us on uh, Instagram, Twitter, X, uh, Facebook at Dad's Meat World. You can interact with us there uh, when people leave comments and stuff. We we respond there. Uh, we also do on our YouTube channel at Dad's Meat World, and you can send us an email, Dad's Meat World at gmail.com and you can give us. Uh, you can pick up some Dad's Meat World swag at Dad's Meat World. Threadless. Com. 
lots of good stuff there. Very comfortable, very uh, swagalicious stickers and magnets and shirts and all kinds of stuff there. And they're adding new stuff all the time. All right. You ready for this one? I'm ready. Okay. This comes from the website uh, that says an article about uh, jokes about a specific someone to make your children laugh. So if this doesn't work, then uh, <coughs> website lied. Uh, but you'll know exactly what uh, the subject is based on once I start reading the joke. So here we okay. go, Brett. What is Taylor Swift's computer password? I don't know. What is Taylor Swift's computer password? Uh, all the first letters are capitalized, but it's I knew you were trouble when you logged in. (laughs) 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 Well, that's it. I already gave you guys all the good information we normally do while the, uh, the exit music is played. So instead, I'll share with you Oh, man. We're doing this story again? They want you to take the rules! Hey, what do you call a pop star with a cold? What do you call a pop star with a cold? Taylor sniffed. Uh, <laughs> that one was good. Woofa. <laughs> oh, so, Tyler, they want you to take the rules. They do. They want you to take the rules, Brett. Well, until next time, I'll see you, good looking. Back to you, good looking. You know, how can I learn so much every week and still be so stupid? You can find Dad's Mute World on Facebook, Twitter, and probably a few other places just by searching for Dad's Meat World. Dad's Meat World is a production of Head First Studios. Head First Studios. Tell your story.